1: Welcome to the RotoWire Fantasy Football Podcast, brought to you by DraftKings.com, the leader in daily fantasy sports. Use the promo code RotoWire when you deposit for a free contest entry today. It is Tuesday, December eighth. Yet forty six degrees here in Wisconsin, so not bad for the winter time. I'm Jake Litarski. Here alongside Eric Katuri. If you're out there on Twitter, you can follow Eric at etcat30. You can go ahead and follow myself at jakeski52. Eric, it is officially playoff time. Week 14 around the corner. I'd say just about all my leagues are heading to
2: playoffs. Looks like I'm going to make it in three out of five. How about you? Uh, right now. Uh, 3 for sure but i have one league one week left in one of those leagues and mm-hmm. still have a chance to make the playoffs in that one so it could be 4 for 4 you that would be uh that would be a spectacular
1: performance this season right so uh yeah, best of luck to you there i actually uh i got Caught. I, got, I caught a pretty lucky break. I needed less than eight fantasy points from Jordan Reed in full PPR last night, and he checked in at about 6.8. So I, wow. I I squeaked in uh, to the playoffs by a one-and-a-half-point victory. At the same time, my Antonio Brown punt return touchdown didn't get counted because I guess they don't count for receivers in that league. So I guess uh, tough breaks
2: even out on both sides. Yeah, and the key is just actually making the playoffs too. So as long as you can do that – like. Uh, this podcast can help you, you know, mm-hmm. along the way here.
1: Yeah, because we always talk about it. Those first place teams with, you know, getting help from Jamal Charles early in the year, or Le'Veon Bell, or Gronk that brought him there, or something like that. And uh, I mean,
2: we've all had teams too that have, you know, gone ten and three in the regular season, then totally crap the bed when it comes to playoff time. Mm-hmm. So yeah, just getting in there is key.
1: Yeah, I definitely uh, will agree with you there. I think as long as you can get a little above five hundred, squeak your way in, you are good to go. Well, I mentioned Jordan Reed and passing a second ago. Uh, we're going to go ahead and talk about the Monday Night Football game, as we typically do on this podcast, that will uh, later on be directed towards the waiver wire. But this game was pretty much a snoozer until the last couple minutes of the game here. Uh, you know, I watched the first half in the roommates and I decided we were going to re- arrange our entire living room and clean the house getting ready for a big fight night uh, this weekend Saturday uh, but uh, then we turned the game back on just in time to see the scoring flurry here so it's a pretty exciting finish here uh, overall sloppy football though right I think that's the main takeaway from this
2: uh, this Monday night game yeah, it was pretty interesting to see 18 total points through 58 and a half minutes and then in the last minute and a half 17 points were scored like you, you don't see that very often but yeah. it was just a uh, horrible plays on both sides Mm. to allow that to actually happen
1: yeah long story short we we turned on the game uh at just the right time here but let's start on the the uh losing side here again dallas came away with a 19 to 16 victory here but uh washington passing kirk cousins 22 for 31 219 yards one touchdown no interceptions uh also tacked on six rushing yards to that so by no means a stellar fantasy performance but it could have been a whole lot worse, considering you know the Cowboys' defense has been playing all right lately. Mm-hmm. Looking to the Washington backfield, Matt Jones led the charge, eighteen carries, forty nine yards. Alfred Morris behind him, only getting six carries for twelve yards. Uh, I mean, Matt Jones managed to not fumble in this game, so that's good. He got three times as many carries as Morris. Uh, for all those people that picked up Morris this past week, is it
2: time to let him go again? <laughs> I I mean. It- it seems like they're alternating, you know, the top back from week to week to kind of keep them fresh. So maybe mm-hmm. it'll be back to Morris, you know, getting the majority of the carries. Yeah. But uh, I, I don't know, like, it's, it's really difficult to trust in either of those guys. Mm-hmm. Whereas, you know, you can, as when, a, when it comes to Chris Thompson, at least, you know, he's going to get like three or four receptions on a weekly basis. Mm-hmm. So PPR format, that's like the guy I like looking at in this backfield.
1: Yeah, for sure. Uh, I I don't know about you, man, but I just I've had enough of Alfred Morris this year, and maybe yes. it's maybe it's a little bit of a rage drop on my part. Just still mad at myself for drafting him or even hanging on to him at this point. But he's probably be going to be gone. I can't really count on him on the playoffs, and Not if that's all, the case, yeah. we're going to run down some running backs a little bit later in the show that might be able to help here. Uh, wide receiver situation, pretty even distribution in Washington. Uh, Deshaun. Jackson and Pierre Garcon each had seven targets. Jackson, with the bigger fantasy day, caught six passes for 80 yards and a touchdown. Really, what atoned for a pretty atrocious fumble in uh, the last couple minutes of the game when he fumbled, I believe, inside their own twenty-yard line. Yep. Just trying to make something out of nothing, ran about twenty yards backwards to you know lose a total of maybe eight net yards on the punt rather than take what's in front of him. Yep. It's Deshaun Jackson. He's typically a playmaker, and he's going to try to make something happen. But uh, in this case, he paid for it.
2: Yeah, and the key with Jackson too is he actually scored for the third week in the row, so he's kind of getting back into action on that front, and you know that's. <laughs> Kind of what you're hoping for on a weekly basis for him too.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And uh, Jordan Reed, I mentioned earlier, slouch of a fantasy day. <laughs> led the team in targets uh, with eight. Only caught three passes for 33 yards. Does this change your your view of him as a top tight a top
2: ten tight end rest of season? I mean, when it comes to the target count, that's what you're really looking at here. Mm-hmm. So you know, there's going to be a few weeks where it's going to be you know kind of a stinker, but for the most part. Uh, you're going to consistently get those eight to ten targets and you can mm-hmm. you know hope that he does reach the end zone there yeah he'll
1: still probably you know be at the very least top eight and tight end targets rest of season so you got to like him over there yeah uh, how about the Dallas side here Matt Castle uh, 16 for 29 222 yards uh, that's 7.7 yards per attempt no touchdowns no interceptions uh, actually lost rushing yards was sacked just once I mean pretty much a snoozer there hopefully you're not relying on starting Matt Castle in a whole lot of places. Uh, But the running game, of course, usually the story here with the Dallas Cowboys. We've got Darren McFadden leading the charge as usual, 14 carries, 53 yards, and a touchdown, but you look at it this way, that only ends up with like eight or nine fantasy points because he lost two fumbles.
2: Yeah, and uh, that's been an issue with him, too. So you're kind of thinking maybe as the season goes on here, are they going to turn to, like, Robert Turbin or somebody else in this backfield? But they did stick with him in this game, and now that they're, you know, one game out of – the NFC East lead I think they're probably going to stick with the, you know what's been working lately
1: yeah that seems to be uh what, what I'd say would be the logical thing to do uh so yeah a couple lost fumbles for McFadden on the year now uh Turbin was six carries in the game only produced 12 yards behind you know what's pretty good offensive line got mm-hmm. a guy named Lucky Whitehead two carries 35 <laughs> yards uh I don't even know what to make of that. Uh, What about the receiving game here? Jason Witten, another team where the tight end uh, leads the team in targets. Witten with nine, hauled in five passes for 45 yards. Of course, you got your big play man, Terrence Williams, two catches for 63 yards on three targets, helped out by a 38-yard reception. And then, of course, Des Bryant, uh, three catches for 62 yards, uh, helped by a 42-yard pass, second on the team with seven targets. Uh, I mean, Des Bryant? Is he still a must-start wide receiver at this point when Matt
2: Castle's throwing him the ball? I I, I don't know. It, it seems like he's hit and miss on a weekly basis, but I'd still like the, you know, explosive potential that he's displayed in the past to, mm-hmm. you know, occasionally show its uh, head and then you know you can profit from that touchdown that he gives you. Mm -hmm. Yeah you gotta imagine that outside of maybe Witten and uh, the the offensive
1: line even maybe ahead of those guys Des is the best red zone threat on that team the only one that can really go up and get a fade on his own big body Uh, so the upside is going to still be there every week
2: but it's I mean, a little bit tough to count on. Since you turned away from that game, you may not have seen it. But you know, I was kind of watching the game and Twitter at the same time, and I didn't really see the broadcast actually show this. But uh, he was complaining to the uh, you know coaching staff a lot. I'm I'm wide open, man. Why? They mm-hmm. like, just get the ball to me. Like look yeah. for me. So I don't know. Maybe they're gonna you know turn that their focus toward him a little more uh, mm-hmm. in the you know next four games. Because I mean, they're they have a playoff bid on the line here.
1: Yeah, I I would agree. I mean, what is this? Uh, they're I think they're all 5-7 and seven or something like that. Yeah, 5-7 yeah, seems about right. Cowboys 4-8 yeah. and eight after yeah. the win here. So, I mean, if the Cowboys win next week and, you know,
2: I mean, it a looks a little like, bit of help, they, they could be right back in that. As scary of a thought as that is. It really looks like the div- winner of this division is going to be 7-9. and nine. I, mm-hmm. I really find it hard to believe just looking at the schedules that anybody's going to get to 8-8. Eight and eight. Yeah. And, I mean, it. It, yeah, it it is hard to trust in Brian a little bit, but I don't know, just his talent. Well, I mean, if you
1: have Dez on your roster, uh he was probably a second round pick, which means you're going to be hard pressed to get into the playoffs, but yeah. I got really fortunate one of my leagues where I do have Dez, you know, to pair up with Randall Cobb, Sammy Watkins, rough wide receivers in a 3 receiver league. It's the same leagues that I have um Mark Ingram and Cam Newton. And so, like, Gurley. solid guys. Something so like, like bases, yeah. yeah, so I was able to overcome Dez, but uh, I've seen a lot of the, the Dez teams. Uh, I'm so sure some of our listeners can picture the most popular Dez Bryant-themed team name, but you're going to find it at the, uh, at the bottom of the standings uh, this week. I don't know if I can say that on the air. But uh, anyway, <laughs> let's move along to uh, the waiver wire preview, the biggest part of the podcast. Uh, as is typical, every Tuesday uh, with playoffs around the corner, these waiver wire bids and pickups are just as important as ever. couple quick reminders. No Week 14 buys. Percent Percentages we mentioned are going to be percent owned as of uh, early Tuesday morning. Fab estimates, if we do throw those out there, those are going to be based on a 12-team format, standard scoring, $100 budget. Of course, you need to adjust uh, a little bit, give or take a few bucks based on your league type. Start off, uh, we'll rehash a couple of the guys we already mentioned here. Jameis Winston still owned in less than 50% of both Yahoo and ESPN formats. He seems like he's uh, becoming a pretty reliable fantasy quarterback at this point. Of course, Blake Bortles, who we've talked about many weeks, I'd say he's the top choice if he's somehow still available, but he's your man Got to look at Brock Osweiler, the Denver Broncos, still only owned in 23% of Yahoo, 17% of ESPN leagues. He needs to be owned in at least all two quarterback formats. Kind of depend week to week who you're going to start in the playoffs. And, of course, we've talked about Brian Hoyer in the past, 22% Yahoo, 27% ESPN, so... Some availability with some some very startable quarterbacks this week.
2: Yeah, when it comes to Winston, he's owned in at least or unowned in at least sixty percent of leagues, and he's also facing the New Orleans defense that is worse against quarterbacks this season. Mm -hmm. So if you if you're really in need of quarterback, I mean, this is a guy you have to target. And Mm -hmm. if that's the case, I mean, what would you potentially spend on him?
1: On Jameis Winston, yeah. I mean, if you if you're in need of a quarterback, if yeah. you've made it to
2: the, I mean, this is the guy you would turn to if he's sitting on the waiver wire. Yeah,
1: he's he's the top option this week. I mean, I could 20 25 bucks if you have it left. I don't know where else you're going to spend that money the rest of your season. Yeah, exactly. So
2: he's going to be your top, especially target. with uh, your season online if it's playoff time.
1: Right on, and and you know maybe your season's. Not on the line anymore because he missed the playoffs, but he's still got DraftKings to turn to. And I'd be looking for a Jameis Winston, Mike Evans stack this week for sure.
2: Yeah. And they are getting back, uh, you know, or they just got back, Safarian Jenkins, who we'll mention later. But, Mm -hmm. you know, he's going to have the whole array of wideouts at his uh, disposal. Yeah. Full full
1: weapons. And with the development so far, there's a lot to like here with famous Jameis Winston. (laughs) Uh, Next segment, we might as well call it the Manziel Minute here on the Tuesday Fantasy Football Podcast. Johnny Manziel. Uh, punishment off, I guess. He was officially named the starter on Tuesday. Faces San Francisco on Sunday, owned in just 3% of both Yahoo and ESPN leagues. Take a look in a two-quarterback format, but I'd pass just about everywhere else. Are you with me? Uh,
2: yeah, I would definitely agree with that. Uh, what do you think? Like, This is just to see... C- you know, what the future may hold with him, right, with McCowan out?
1: I mean, okay, worst organization in professional sports. Let's get that out of the way to start with. They're definitely um, out there. Yeah, I can't – I mean, I can't honestly think of anyone – I mean, geez, would you rather own the Browns or the Sixers right now? I just – I don't know. That's a coin toss for me. Yeah. It, At least the Sixers man. have good young players, regardless if they're punching people out. But I mean,
2: it has to suck for a guy like, uh, you know, Joe Thomas, who's, you know, Wisconsin's own – Went mm-hmm. to University of Wisconsin, one of the best left tackles in the league, and he's just mm-hmm. stuck in the meteorology. Well, Joe meteorite Thomas, and look, there's a couple, but look like
1: Dante Whitner, Carlos Dansby on the defense. These are good, talented, respectable players that have to deal with this. And, and yeah, you got to feel for those veterans that yeah. just obviously aren't going to be going anywhere with
2: this team. Yeah, and another thing you have to point out, too, is the wide receiving or the receiving core itself mm-hmm. is just hampered by injuries right now. So I don't know if I really want to turn to Manziel at all.
1: Yeah, a two quarterback league, you'd have to be. Really tough, put yourself – you'd have to be in a really tough spot here. But, yeah, injury. so they suspend him for a couple weeks when he could have actually made a difference for this team, maybe got a couple wins, make the season not look like a complete loss. Now they're going to reinstate him because they – maybe want to see what they have for the future but they're not going to see anything because he doesn't have any weapons He's still got barnage yeah but if benjamin's not at 100% or ends up inactive you've got hawkins and gabriel dealing with concussions book's not out on them yet it's it's just a terrible situation all around it, uh, it, would,
2: it would be nice if they let him use his uh, wheels a little bit because we know he can actually scramble mm-hmm. and you know get yards that way but they seem like committed to make him like a pocket passer not really you know, go left or right unless he really has to. Yeah,
1: P- Pettin might as well let him out of his cage. Just be like, hey, do what he wants. It seems like the organization's forced this quarterback on Pettin anyway, and yeah. Pettin's not really going to have a job next year. I, I don't see any situation in which he retains or stays on as the head coach of the Cleveland Browns. And man, who would you want to? I mean, who would want to coach the Cleveland Browns? You look at some of these guys with good college jobs. Even like, why would you want to go coach the, for that organization right now? I think it's time for another overhaul. Yeah. All right. Well, Browns rant over. I promise we're <laughs> done talking about that. We spent more than the Manziel minute today. So we're going to move on to the Colts quarterback situation. Another super exciting one. Uh, Matt Hasselbeck's oh, yeah. got a uh, sore, stiff neckish ish uh, and a mild rib separation. So the veteran's pretty banged up here. Uh, so he's expected to practice this week. Just kind of throwing this out there because Charlie Whitehurst, who is universally available, will be waiting in the wings for, uh,
2: for Hasselbeck there. Did you uh, mention his injuries? Uh, Hasselbeck. Hasselbeck. So he's doing with and a rib st- separation. Yes, yeah, st- sore and stiff neck and a mild rib separation. They're expecting him to practice Wednesday and play this weekend. But mm-hmm. I mean, it's really going to be a issue of probably pain tolerance more than anything.
1: Yeah. It, wait, I think I might have said it wrong. Did I say? Uh, stiff rib and mild neck separation because that'd be a totally different deal. Other we'll <laughs> way around, we'll have to
2: <laughs> turn turn back the clock a little bit at the end of this uh, pod. Hey,
1: we'll have to take a look here. Another uh, another kind of snoozer of a quarterback situation. I'm staying away from these guys. Case Keenum uh, versus Nick Foles in St. Louis looks like Coach Jeff Fisher named him the starting quarterback uh, week 14 versus Detroit. Uh, again, St. Louis fired their offensive coordinator, so they're kind of going back from the drawing board. Uh, that actually worries, makes me a little bit worried about Todd Gurley. I'm not entirely sure what to expect here. But uh, either of these guys, I'd say both of those guys are best left on the waiver wire. You know, Keenan the starter, obviously Foles has gone off your yeah, roster at this yeah, point. This
2: is, yeah, like you said, this is really just a bookkeeping measure. We mm-hmm. have no idea what the Rams offense is going to look like going forward. They should mm-hmm. really just you know, get back to the Todd Gurley train and ride him to potential victories. But maybe at this point they just want to tank and get a good, you know, draft position.
1: Yeah, neither of these guys are keeper candidates. I I would put them outside of my top twenty eight, which means even in a two quarterback, fourteen teamer you're probably staying away from these guys kind of in the same camp as Whitehurst and Manzel and whatnot. But yep. uh going down the list here, we had a list of some good quarterbacks and we actually are going to talk about a couple good ones here. Uh so uh, I want to start with Ryan Fitzpatrick, who has been on quite the hot streak and is owning just 44% of Yahoo, 42% of ESPN leagues. He has the Titans on Sunday, who gave up five passing touchdowns to Blake Bortles and the Jaguars' offensive powerhouse on Sunday here. Uh, you look at Fitzpatrick last week, 390 yards and two touchdowns, uh, had multiple TD
2: passes now uh, for nine times in 12 games. A uh, lot to like here with Fitzpatrick, right? Yeah, and... Uh... You mentioned Blake Bortles going off, but uh, the week before David Carr went off for three thirty and three touchdowns. So they've given up over three hundred yards and eight total pass and touchdowns in the last two weeks. They're beleaguered. You should really turn to him with you know only forty-five or less percent ownership right now.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I could see him. You and know, like, I haven't
2: looked at the whole list yet,
1: but I could see plugging him in over, you know, maybe the. Quarterbacks that are at
2: the bottom end of the top ten who have tougher matchups. Yeah, and we've been talking about this in the office too. When it comes to daily, it's kind of nice to have that, you know, Fitzpatrick, Marshall, and Fitzpatrick, Eric Decker stack mm-hmm. because you're saving a lot of money when it comes to Fitzpatrick itself. Uh, yeah,
1: I mean, last time I checked, the millionaire maker uh, they pretty much used all Steelers, and uh, yeah, so the stacking really is the way to go in daily. I, I think uh, that, that's that been was, I, over the I was course
2: am- here. it was amazing to see that, like, you know,
1: mm-hmm. I, I think I saw it. It, it was Big Ben Deanne. Low, um martavis bryant and antonio brown and, and just, the and pittsburgh's because the Pittsburgh they had a defense i think there they had go. a
2: defensive score in that game right
1: okay yeah so unless there was anything late uh well i don't think anything in that monday night game really shifted the uh yeah the the, the, the daily tides too much so uh mm-hmm. i'd say we're okay here but yeah ryan fitzpatrick go ahead throw 10 15 bucks of your waiver budget in there you can't take it with you so might as well get you a solid quarterback for the first week of the playoffs. Of course, probably owned in all two quarterback leagues right now. What about Tyrod Taylor as a stream option? Tyrod Taylor of the Bills owned in just 37% of Yahoo, 46% of ESPN leagues. Uh, there's a lot to like with this matchup against Philadelphia, right, Eric?
2: Yeah, so uh, like you said, they're facing Buffalo. Buffalo has faced uh, Tampa Bay, Detroit, and uh, New England in over the past three weeks, and Against those quarterbacks, they've given up uh, 13 combined touchdown passes, and an average of nearly 300 yards passing to those quarterbacks. So yeah, the, the fact that he's you know sparsely owned like uh, Fitzpatrick, you know, makes him very desirable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's said uh, right
1: there with you, and uh, always has that threat to do some damage with his legs. So gotta like uh, what you can see out of Tyrod Taylor. I think of him as more of a QB two even with a good matchup, but he's an option that's there with some availability if you're you're struggling or rotating here. Uh, Let's move on to the running backs portion. This is typically one of the more heavy portions of the show, but uh, there's not quite as many clear-cut favorites as there were last week. Of course, David Johnson, who we talked about, after a pretty solid performance here, his ownership's up to 76% Yahoo, 83% ESPN, so maybe a 1 in 6 chance he's out there. Uh, Not likely, but even if he's an 18... If you're in an A-team league, you got to get him going. Spencer Ware, his availability is up to the 60 percentages in both Yahoo and ESPN. He's kind of back to the Chuck Hendrick West timeshare, so I don't think there's really a safe start there in Kansas City. Am I right?
2: Yeah, it's it's really difficult to trust in either of those guys right now. It's really a Mm -hmm. toss-up. We didn't really glean anything from that game either it was almost an even timeshare so we're not sure like going forward you know if one or the other is actually going to get more touches Mm -hmm.
1: yeah and out of this whole list though uh one guy that i i really do like who still has some availability i'm looking at sean drone of the 49ers he's carried some people so far still only owned in 55 percent of yahoo 63 percent of ESPN leagues here now drone and the 49ers are going to let me see who they got next week oh they get to go to the Cleveland Browns next week who conveniently have the worst run defense (laughs) in the league so uh I mean go out and snatch drone up if he's still out there because even in your 18 league if you're
2: pressed for running backs uh I think he's an RB2 this week yeah and I really like the fact that he's become like prove that he's actually an effective pass catcher. He's received four, eight, five, and five uh, catches the last four weeks. He finally reached the end zone for the first time on the ground, but he finally reached the end zone for the first time and get it got into the double digits when it came to standard scoring. So mm-hmm. in those four starts, he's at eight, seven, eight, and 14 points in terms of standard scoring. I mean, you can't really do worse with a guy that's only, you know, owned in 63% of leagues right now.
1: Yeah, go out and get him, and there's just very little threatening his status as the workhorse. Carlos Hyde's still dealing with the the stress fracture in his foot, and of course, you look at the 4-8 and eight San Francisco 49ers, they ain't making the playoffs, yeah. so what what incentive do they have to rush Hyde back? And then you go down on the depth chart, I mean, it's not like Drone's going to get threatened by Kendall Gaskins or Traveris Cadet or Mike Davis, one of those guys will probably be inactive, there's just... Not a lot of uh,
2: competition for him right now in the backfield. Yeah, and uh, the coach also mentioned that he has no idea if High will be able to return or not this season. So you can't really, you know, trust anything. <laughs> you can't. Tr- <laughs> you know, yeah. rely upon him actually being back soon. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I, I would say I'm right there with you. How about some new guys we haven't talked about in a while, though, at the running back position? Uh, I was a little bit surprised to see Darren Sproles has uh, quite a bit of availability, only owned in 41% of Yahoo, 48% of ESPN leagues. Uh, Philadelphia kind of going more towards a timeshare. Uh, yeah. This is going to
2: benefit Sproles, I suppose, right? Yeah, and they in the aftermath of this game, they called uh, DeMarco getting – eight carries and no targets a demotion I don't know if it was really demotion more than they maybe saw the matchup and realized that Sproles would be you know kind of a better um, better guy to you know go against New England's defense right now Mm -hmm. Um, smaller quicker find the holes instead of you know trying to power through people I could I could
1: see that rationale
2: yeah but we also have Ryan Matthews sitting out you know the last few weeks and Mm -hmm. he actually uh, participated in practice Tuesday and was a full go Mm-hmm. So we're looking at him potentially being back also this Sunday. So, I mean, among the four backs, also Kenyon Barner, like yeah. who do you think, like who do you want among the, that, you know, quartet? Well, the one thing I know
1: for sure is I'm avoiding the situation in daily uh, right. Running back I agree with that. by committee normally means two guys, not a quartet there. You know, they should uh, they should sing in the four tunesmen like a super high <laughs> voice Peyton Manning. Um, but, no, I, I mean, Kenyon Barner, Chipped away for nine carries there. I mean, his average was just as good as Sproles was. He was four point three a carry. Sproles was four point four a carry. So there's really, uh, um, I, I don't know, man. I, I would stay away. Um, I would bench them if you can in in your season long leagues and and try to look towards other options.
2: Yeah, I mean, when it comes to PPR. If you're in a PPR league, you know Sproles is the guy. Mm -hmm. But Sproles is a
1: flex PPR option. I always kind of think of him that way, especially at least the upside brings him there in a given week for sure.
2: But uh, if I'm a Demarco owner, I I don't really like the situation at all, especially Mm -hmm. with you know playoffs starting this week. Yeah, I'm burning my
1: Demarco jersey if I've if I've put uh, (laughs) if I've put some. um, some investment in that this week, I guess there 's been worse running backs this year, but uh, fortunately, I stayed away there now i didn 't list them uh in our initial list of backs here, but just looking at the same game, what about James White of the Patriots? Now we know it 's going to be the most inconsistent running back situation period, but he tied Danny Amendola for the team lead with thirteen targets and ended up with a team high ten catches for a team high one hundred fifteen yards and a touchdown carried the ball just two times for four yards but is James White starting to be a factor here in the PPR format?
2: Man, like after Deion Lewis went down with his injury, you thought, you know, this is a guy that's going to pay a immediate dividends in terms of fantasy, but he only had one, two, and two catches over the last three games before this past weekend. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I feel like he's probably going to revert back to that rather than you know be getting ten catches every week. Yeah, but it, uh, it's a
1: high risk, high reward. It is, but very. you could. There will be situations, especially in deeper formats, where you could use him in a a pretty uh,
2: in the playoffs. I guess if you if you're in a pinch, yeah, you gotta like that he's actually scored three touchdowns over the last three weeks, though. So, Mm -hmm. um, I don't know. Maybe he's the touchdown, you know, Maven in the running game right now with them.
1: Yeah, I guess, and I don't know with New England for me, it kind of depends on on week to week how Belichick does this and it's really tough uh you know sometimes you think if the defense the run defense is is better on the outside closing the gap then they might be more of a Lagarrett blunt uh but if they're or yeah they might be more of a Lagarrett blunt running between the tackles but if they're really strong on the inside interior run defense they'd be more likely to go to white and I'm looking you know they go at Houston next week and and that's kind of I mean, it's a, it's going to be a road matchup. It's going to be tougher because Houston all of a sudden thinks that they might be in the mix for a playoff spot. That's another pretty dreadful division. So inconsistency is the point with James White there that I want to make. And, and although he had a nice-looking nice, nice looking box score, uh, expecting that for each of the next f- four weeks of the playoffs is is maybe a little bit lofty.
2: Yeah, for, for lack of a better term, when it comes to another guy in that backfield, the Patriots, that is, LeGarrette Blount has kind of looked like a corpse. Like he hasn't looked anything like the guy that run ran rough shot over you know every playoff contender that the Patriots went against last year. Mm-hmm. I don't really know what's happening to him, but just that fact too makes me believe that uh, James White is going to get you know more touches than we kind of expect.
1: Yeah, so kind of a mess of a situation, but one possibly worth watching because although risky, there could be some room for profit here. Uh, next up on our list of backs, we have James Starks of the Green Bay Packers now. He saw most of the work in the second half of last Thursday's night against Green Bay, of course, ended in uh, the Miracle and Motown Hail Mary touchdown victory for the Packers there. Now, James Stark seems to be getting most of the carries once again. It was reviewed that Eddie Lacy missed curfew on Wednesday night. Lacy only carried the ball five times for four yards, uh, ended up securing my playoff elimination in one league. Thanks, Eddie. Uh, while John Crockett was next uh, next in line, after James Starks. Now, on paper, you look at this and you'd think, okay, Starks is back to being the guy to own and start every week. But Mike McCarthy came out today and said that Eddie Lacey looks rejuvenated this week and look for him to be productive on Sunday and that is a direct quote from Mike McCarthy are so you buying this from McCarthy like are we going to go back to the regular Eddie Lacey because what did Lacey have back-to-back hundred yard games or, or very close yes, to it he did yeah. yeah right before this game and then somehow he misses curfew no writers or reporters managed to get hold of it just doesn't get reported it was, it's incredibly yeah, frustrating you, I would have used TJ Yeldon if I'd have known that and that probably right. possibly been in the playoffs yeah. I mean you know you can play coulda woulda shoulda in fantasy all week but you think Lacey served his time and he's ready to be the workhorse again.
2: Um, perhaps. I mean, so does that mean they had you know a walkthrough and he just you know seemed owned in again? Like, oh, I learned my lesson. I'm, I'm going to be focused. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, wh- what does this mean? Rejuvenated. Rejuvenated. I
1: don't know. Maybe maybe a increased focus on preparation, or maybe he's getting rest instead of going out with Alonzo Harris the night before. And uh,
2: well, he doesn't have to worry about you know having his
1: buddy with him since he got yeah. Cut. Since Alonzo Harris is no longer with the team there. It's funny what uh, what uh, performance on the field can get I mean, you in terms of leniency. But uh, but no, I think. We we continue to talk about this. Lacey is gonna be a big part about what the Packers wanna do if they get in the playoffs, knocking on wood here. Exactly. They need to lean on him heavily because he is their best back. Yes, I like James Starks, but I like James Starks to spell Eddie Lacey when I want Lacey to be on the field for at least seventy five percent of snaps and to get the great majority of the touches.
2: Oh man. But yeah, let's get back to the hundred yard efforts and, you know, running over, you know, defenders. Yeah, we're about to not just for that. uh three cl- three yards in the cloud of dust. I mean, I, mm-hmm. come on.
1: It's about time for that. But anyway, we can move on from our Packer frustration here. Uh,
2: you mentioned well, all the – Just one more thing. Yeah. If Let's say you're in a dynasty format. Do you maybe put a dollar on John Crockett just to get him on your roster? Um mm. – no, I don't I, know. So I don't would know. it have to be like a really deep format?
1: It would have to be one of those formats where you have to keep where you keep like eight to ten players. I yeah. couldn't justify making Crockett one of my two or three keepers for the year. I okay. could, I just couldn't. Do oh no, that. Uh, for but sure. It'd have to be like a re- like a dynasty dynasty format. That, that's know? what I'm kind of getting at. Okay, so gotcha. If,
2: if you're, you know, using you know most of the rosters of skill or most skilled position players in the league, is that somebody you target then? Since he's unowned right now, he just came yeah. I mean, the practice he, yeah, squad. he's going
1: to be pretty much available everywhere. I don't know. I, I think of him as about the same light as Darius Jennings of the Browns, who's just activated off the practice squad. They've got okay. similar upside. At least Jennings caught five passes this week. I, I mean, just, maybe I don't know.
2: maybe the showing though. Uh, I I know it did impress McCarthy, and mm-hmm. you know James Starks is you know six six year in the league or something like that. So maybe they'll. Maybe he'll be the backup next year. Who knows? That's interesting, but, yeah. Again, a, a lot will have to happen in the yeah. meantime, there's, obviously. There's
1: so many cards and dominoes that need to fall in between there. Okay. So uh, it's, it's tough to look ahead right now. Yeah, okay, so I can see a dollar keeper, but I, I wouldn't be starting him anymore this week, right. especially in the playoffs here. Uh you know, we, we like to talk about the Packers and the Browns a lot, it seems like, but Duke Johnson's another guy you got to watch out for on the waiver wire. Uh, only owned in 47% of Yahoo, 56% of ESPN. I still think he's ownable in PPR formats. You've got pretty much the entire receiving core injured, and you've got Johnny Manziel back to throwing in the ball, and you know those two have had some decent chemistry here. Could you see starting
2: Duke Johnson in Week 14? Yeah, I don't know. With San Francisco in the docket, that might be a little tough. tougher of a matchup. Their defense is kind of kind of bounced back after a slow start to the season. But yeah, I mean, dude,
1: statistically, they're still, their run defense is still pretty terrible, uh, 28th yeah. in the league at 125.2 yards per game. Exactly. But you can't really, when trying to evaluate Duke Johnson's matchup, you can't really evaluate it only in terms of rushing yards allowed per game. Yeah. I mean, he's a receiving back, and he you're going to get the most of your points from him catching passes out of the backfield.
2: Yeah, exactly. And, I mean, two weeks ago against the Cardinals, they were able to, you know, keep Chris Johnson, Andre Ellington, David Johnson in check, which is, you know, a pretty – tall task to do on a weekly basis mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> yeah it, it does definitely doesn't happen every week so anyway Duke Johnson worth the look a couple bucks maybe if he's unowned I think you can get away with just scooping him up with and and having that fly in under the radar right uh how about another guy that's getting consistent work here we've got Amir Abdullah of the Lions a lot of people probably let him go especially with Joy Bell and Theo Riddick each kind of getting their own roles but that leaves Amir Abdullah at 58% ownership in Yahoo Leagues, 47% in ESPN Leagues. Uh, you noted here that he's had at least 12 carries in three straight games. Uh, you follow the
2: carries like you follow the targets. Is there a situation where you would start him? Uh, yeah, he, he is facing uh, the Rams defense too, which is... You know, given up at least 100 yards rushing to running backs in four of the last five, and in then in the other game they gave up 96. So you know that's that's looking nice, but the Detroit's running game has just been you know, horrid the entire season. So you don't, it's it's really a toss up if and about as variable as Belichick in the Pats. Right on. I mean, there's it's,
1: it's because they could figures. you know
2: use Theo Riddick a lot in the passing game, and then Abdullah doesn't get as much work. But you do like the fact that he has you know, at least 12 carries in the last three games. All right, I've got a
1: trio of 0 to $1 running backs here that if you're looking for someone to score three or four points for you just so you're not taking a zero, you might want to consider. Those are Jay Ajayi of the Miami Dolphins, Terrence West of the Baltimore Ravens, and Belial Powell of the New York Jets. Pick one $1 player if you've got to fill one in this week. Right.
2: Uh, Jay Ajayi. Why That's not man? him? Why not Jay? <laughs> um, facing the Giants. Mm -hmm. Giants uh, defense is friendly they've you know given up 100 yards rushing to running backs and six of the last eight Mm -hmm. um he's spelling Lamar Miller of course but you'd have to be in a deeper league to trust in him but he could get you know four to five points could put you over the top in a playoff matchup
1: yeah my guy out of those three is going to be Belial Powell I mean six carries in back-to-back weeks so at least he's a factor on the ground and yeah. the real big thing with Powell for me, thirteen targets last week, eight that catches, helps. ninety-one yards. I mean, yeah. it was the Giants, okay? So you've got that going for you. But it's not like the matchup's a ton worse. He has Tennessee at home, so if for whatever reason Mariota and the Titans can get ahead in this game, then Powell will get to be used a lot as a third down back. And I think you've got a three-four point floor with maybe a fourteen-fifteen point ceiling. So I, if you know you're you're picking up a one-dollar player this week out of Jai West and
2: Powell. Yeah, I man. mean I would definitely agree with you there. I he had that, you know, spell in the middle of the season where he didn't really do much because of injury, but um yeah, he's definitely bounced back in the last three. Mm-hmm. So yeah, Paul's my guy as a short option here. Well, listeners, we have partnered up
1: with our friends at DraftKings to run an exclusive Rotowire fantasy football contest in the final 4 weeks of the football season. Rotowire podcast listeners can participate against each other and Rotowire podcast hosts, such as the two of us, to earn a seat in the Rotowire Fantasy Football Championship in Week 17, the Week 14 qualifier is now live at DraftKings.com. It's just five dollars to enter. It's probably half what you spent on lunch today, and the winner will take home a hundred dollars this week, and you'll get a seat in the Week 17 championship. So please be sure to join in on the fun now. You can sign up at Rotowire.com/slash/DraftKings. That's Rotowire.com/slash. DraftKings. So pretty interesting contest, Eric. I know I'll be participating here. You can find me on DraftKings at RotoJakeski. And uh, yeah, see if you guys can knock me off uh, week week 14 here. I think I already gave away my Winston Evans stack, but uh, we'll see how we fill out the rest of those lineups. Eh? <laughs> right on. Right yeah, on. I'll, I'll definitely be in that as well. So For looking sure. forward to it. Man. Yeah, cannot go wrong there. Uh, yeah, only five bucks to enter with uh, big time payoff potential. So Let's go on to some wide receivers uh, that you know maybe will help you in the, that DraftKings lineup, but more importantly, helping you in the fantasy playoffs. Now, Doug Baldwin, I believe that's five touchdowns in the last two weeks after he snagged another two last week. Somehow still only owned in 64% Yahoo, 58% of ESPN. Uh, I mean, Russell Wilson is um, he's receiver by committee. He will throw the ball to whoever's open. It doesn't matter what your name or number is, but are we finally starting to see a pattern here with Baldwin? Should yeah.
2: he be owned, and, and should he be started? Yeah, it seems like since their bye week, they've been really focusing on getting him the ball. He's had at least five catches in four straight games. Like mm-hmm. like you said, five touchdowns, but another in uh, Week 10 as well. So he has six since the bye in four games. Oh, well. Um, aside from a six-point outing in standard in Week 11 against San Francisco, he's had at least 19. Mm-hmm. So he's really – you know, even though he's not maybe getting the catches that we would expect of a wide receiver, one he is reaching the end zone. Yeah. So definitely pushing into that range.
1: I'm about to bench Jordan Matthews for Doug Baldwin. Oh, Am I overthinking
2: it? Not at all. Not you at should, all. You all right. should definitely do that, especially with Sam Bradford only throwing for I believe 120 this past weekend.
1: Okay. Yeah. Right on. Sam Bradford or Mark Sanchez, whatever combination you get there is dreadful. So. I mean, there's still situations when you're starting Jordan Matthews, but I'm pulling that trigger and inserting Doug Baldwin into my lineup this week. It's pretty
2: crazy that he's only owned in 58% of ESPN leagues right now. Like, I don't understand that. I think
1: people are just turned off by the name. So many people have probably yeah. gotten burned by Doug Baldwin in fantasy leagues in the past, and they don't think that they could rely upon him or he'll burn them again. And of course, you're, you're buying high right now after this big performance, but... At the same time, you got to like what he has to offer, the consistent looks that he's getting, and the ability to find the end zone.
2: Yeah, with Seattle in a must-win like situation on a weekly basis, too, just to Mm -hmm. you know get a wild card spot because Arizona is you know three games ahead of them. Mm -hmm. They really just they can't they can't really you know just ride Thomas Rawls to the playoffs. They have to like set clock as much as Mm -hmm. possible, and he's in as as a result, going to get a lot of targets.
1: Yeah, without relying upon or being able to rely upon the ground and pound of Marshawn Lynch, yeah. it's time to put the ball in Russell Wilson, your best offensive
2: player's hands, and let him find the open men. Yeah, And, and he's that's lo- what he's been able to do in back-to-back weeks. Yeah, after looking lost early in the season, um, Russell has definitely bounced back and looked like the guy that you know has led a team to Led the Seahawks to back-to-back Super Bowl appearances. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right
1: on. So uh, Doug Baldwin, a top target if he's out there. Another top target I who I think might even be neck and neck with uh, Baldwin is Devontae Parker, the Miami Dolphins. Now we're not going to go too in-depth here because we talked about him last week, but he's in the last two weeks 15 total targets and two touchdowns. He's somebody that with the Dolphins uh, hosting the Giants this week, I think you can start him in a lot of formats. He can be a reliable playoff start
2: this week. Like yeah, crazy? I, not at all. I mean, <laughs> the giant's secondary is you know they're they're growing healthier by the week, but they're still not that great're They're, they're going to give up a lot of passing yards, and uh, his emergence just tells me that they're going to keep focusing on him. Yeah, Any right
1: on here. Game. All right, so there's a lot of other options that we want to talk about here outside of Baldwin Parker. Those are kind of our rehashes. Of course, Stevie Johnson getting increased looks. He's got about a one in four chance of finding him on the waiver wire. Uh, Devin Funches of the Panthers, uh, maybe about a one in a flip a coin chance on the waiver wire with him. Uh, Kamar Aiken, we've discussed before, but. I mean, the guy's worth rehashing. He's still owned in only 61% of Yahoo, 62% of ESPN leagues. So uh, you seem to have a pretty good chance of picking him up if you are uh, looking. And he's had at least eight targets in the four games, last four games. you got to like the consistency, right?
2: Yeah. I mean, I'm going to go back to a name you just mentioned, Stevie Johnson. He actually left uh, Sunday's game mm-hmm. with a groin injury. That puts them down to only two healthy wideouts right now, Malcolm Floyd and Javante Herndon. So, because Dontrell Inman suffered a neck strain. Yeah. But was uh, he well. carted off? Or might think he was someone he else. Was uh, so he was carted off. He was actually injury. put on a backboard and, okay. uh, stretchered a, and a stretcher and carted off. So, mm-hmm. that receiving core is really banged up. They're probably going to be uh, working guys out this week. Yeah. But, and,
1: I mean, Malcolm Floyd's been dealing with. Uh, with ankle injuries off and on all year. Yep. So I, I wouldn't say he, even though the injury report might not say it, I wouldn't say that he's 100%.
2: Yeah. So Stevie Johnson, yeah, he might be available in 25% of ESPN leagues, but that's a guy that I'm not really, you know, looking at anymore. Okay. Yeah. Especially I didn't see with that. the injury.
1: Yeah. I didn't see the injury there. So thank you for bringing that up, Eric. I appreciate it. Uh, not to get too sidetracked here, but, but does that open up uh,
2: big things for Antonio Gates, dairy screen? Yeah. They seem to be getting a. Uh, a lot of looks uh this past Sunday too so yeah yeah most most definitely yeah I'm ready
1: for that I wish I could just start a fourth receiver a third tight end in my running back spots in some of these leagues because uh you know I'm I'm gonna have guys sitting on the bench like you know possibly Baldwin possibly Green who I like a lot better can you believe I made it to the playoffs with Rashad Jennings and Charles Sims as my backs
2: um well, you do. I do like that Charles Sims is a actual actually a pass catcher. So it's PPR. So that, exactly. And so of course, uh, I've got. You know, I can just
1: bow down and thank Aaron Rodgers and um, Antonio Brown and Jeremy Macklin these last couple of weeks for boosting me into the playoffs. Even Julius Thomas has been finding the end zone. So squad's been doing all right here. But uh, that's just kind of a sidetrack, personally. Uh, so we mentioned, uh, yeah, Kamara Aiken is an option this week. Look to Marvin Jones of the Bengals. I mean, they're going to be in what I would imagine is a bit of a shootout on Sunday against the Steelers. And uh, about about a flip a coin chance of uh, Marvin Jones being out there. Uh, you got to like him. He, what if you put Jones head to head over Kamara Aiken? Who
2: would you rather start this week? Uh, I I do like the fact that uh, Aiken has got at least eight targets in the last four games, mm-hmm. forty three total during that span. That's equated to twenty four receptions for two fifty one and two touchdowns. But the fact that Marvin Jones is going against the Steelers and the shootout potential that game mm-hmm. makes me want to look at him a little more because you know maybe the Steelers are going to focus more on stopping AJ Green, which they and would be wise to do. Tyler Eifert is uh, you know banged up, dealing with that uh, neck injury, so mm-hmm. they're going to have to. Andy Dalton will have to look elsewhere, and Marvin Jones could reap the benefits of that
1: yeah right on I, I i agree with you there. I would lean towards Marvin Jones because I'd say they have a similar floor, but the ceiling for Jones is going to be quite a bit higher yeah for and
2: um, Aiken is facing uh Seattle this weekend who's given up a lot of passing yards, but they haven't actually given up a, a lot of scores mm-hmm. Aiken's and I, I,
1: technically their number one, so he's yes. probably going to see
2: Sherman right yeah exactly so that that's a very good point, so Marvin Jones, the fact that it will be in a shootout and the touchdown potential is uh, makes him more uh, desirable.
1: Right on. So because we can't help ourselves and, and must continue talking about Browns, we're going to go over to uh, Brian this. Hartline they, they, this week. No, I actually put Hartline in, in, <laughs> on our list this week because with good reason. We yeah. talk about all the injuries with the Browns. Hartline has had double-digit targets in three of four weeks and back-to-back eight-reception games. Is he all of a sudden a wide receiver three in PPR formats? Can you can you consider that, or am I stretching too much here? I'm mostly looking at that because you got Travis Benjamin; he's pretty banged up with a shoulder injury. Although our recent update says unlikely to miss any time, he might not be a hundred percent. You've got Andrew Hawkins and Taylor Gabriel dealing with serious concussions. Dwayne Bow being a bum, as he has been all season, and, uh, you know, Barnage maybe a little banged up at less than 100%. So,
2: Hartline an option with all this? Yeah, so facing off against 49ers, too, they actually were not good against receivers in the first half of the season, but in the last four, they've only given up two touchdowns to wideouts during that span. Mm-hmm. So, uh, it may, he may find difficulty actually finding an end zone, and who knows, like, do you, do you like the... Manziel to Heartline you know connection oh uh, geez I mean if you do a Manziel Heartline stack and not daily, saying that not a stack I'm just
1: mm-hmm. saying do you like them connecting do you like them you it's know? tough to tell I think Heartline really had more chemistry with Austin Davis than yeah. he did Manziel I think Manzel Manziel's favorite two guys are Barnage and Benjamin and, and if Benjamin plays he's going to get the majority of the wide receiver looks. so those are Manziel's those guys have been Manziel's boys since last year, uh, since working kind of with that second team offense last year, and they've carried yeah. it. So those are Manziel's guys. I don't think Hartline necessarily. I mean, uh, it, it would be tough. That you're right. That with Manziel at quarterback, that could limit his upside. But I'm just looking at their production to date, and and the amount of
2: looks is encouraging, considering their lack of depth at the position at the moment. Yeah, exactly. And with Bar- you know Gary Barnage, Travis Benjamin, Andrew Hawkins, and Taylor Gabriel all dealing with some type of injury right now, too. Like he mm-hmm. could be you know one of their only wideouts actually or receivers actually available <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah he
2: could he very well could be
1: so uh although benjamin may be unlikely to miss time i guess we'll wait and see there Here, just
2: the fact that he might be banged up mm-hmm. um and not able to get open
1: yeah, that is very quite possible. Especially, you know, who knows how they're going to use him in the punt return game? How he has right. been all year. It's it's a very tough situation to play out. So you're going to want to watch the injury reports this week. Uh, I'm sure the two of us will both tackle some of those Browns notes this week. Um, and <laughs> and and keep an eye out for actives and actives on Sunday morning. And uh, and we'll keep you posted here on on maybe who to look at um, in in that type of uh, in that type of situation. If you're thinking about using Heartline. I've got a couple more guys on the list here that I want to talk about. These two guys, I think, I almost put them hand in hand, these next two on the list, because I don't think of them as players I'm necessarily comfortable picking up and starting in the playoffs. But if you can get them for a buck and keep them for next year, even if you only have three keepers, say you don't have the greatest keeper choices, I would consider both of these names. One is Tyler Lockett of the Seahawks, two is Doriel Green Beckham of the Tennessee Titans. These are actually both players that I had owned in some leagues early in the year, thinking, kind of banking on their upside this year. Uh, I mean, Lockett has definitely came on lately. Green Beckhams came on, uh, took him a little while longer to come on. But both of these guys who are owned in uh, less than 20% of both Yahoo and ESPN leagues, both of these guys are worth dollar keepers here, especially if you're building for next year. I mean, say you're out of the playoffs and, you know, you don't need – You don't want to necessarily drop your good players or anything like that, but if you've got any kind of dead roster, weight, I'd go ahead and stack up on some of these guys and see how it plays out
2: during the final few weeks. Yeah, and his usage uh, kind of tells me that the Seahawks uh, are focusing more on the pass and the run. Mm -hmm. He's had uh, 14 total targets uh, over the last three weeks and also scored twice. Uh, I mean, that just... Uh, makes me think that Doug Baldwin is going to continue to do what he's doing. Just Mm -hmm. the fact that all the receivers, or at least two receivers, are uh, getting this much usage.
1: Yeah, now Lockett, I believe he was on the field for only 58% of snaps in week 13, but he uh, caught seven passes of he caught all seven of his targets for 90 yards. Didn't reach yeah. the end zone, but he was incredibly efficient. Even got a rushing attempt in the game. Uh, fumbled the ball, but did not lose it. Uh, continues to rack up kick return yards. I think in a kick return yardage league, he can almost be started this week, and even if it's in the playoffs. But regardless, uh, both Lockett and Dorial Green Beckham, I'd go ahead and uh, do one dollar keepers for both of these guys.
2: Yeah, when I'm looking at young guys that maybe haven't you know reached their potential yet, which of course Lockett and Green Beckham haven't done yet. I really like to look at yards per target, and Lockett is averaging over ten yards per target, whereas Green Beckham is lagging behind a little bit, only uh, nine yards per target. So they're they're both like explosive players, but I I kind of like uh, Lockett's potential just because he has the you know return, the return yardage uh, to help him to that where he could potentially score TD. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I think you summarized it up very well there, Eric. Uh, if it came down to I had one roster spot for one of these two guys next year. Probably lock it, I think, but uh but, I mean, Doriel Green Beckham could change my mind during these last few weeks of the year, oh yeah,
2: yeah, if he if he definitely shows a rapport with uh Marcus Mariota, yeah, you're right, he's gonna shoot up my rankings as well. Yeah, so,
1: I mean, even thinking ahead to next year, these guys are both going to be factors, at least for me here. Yeah. All right, but let's move on to the tight ends here. I want to hit a few guys that we already talked about last week. We've got Scott Chandler. He scored a touchdown this past week, so I I guess we hit that one right. Uh, Looking at (laughs) Luke Wilson, uh, two catches for 36 yards on three targets. I mean, uh, we mentioned him last week, but... He's pretty much the tight end with Jimmy Graham out for the year, of course, just kind of summarizing the situation there. But it looks like Russell Wilson's looking to the outside for Baldwin and Lockett, even Jermaine Curse before he goes to a guy like Luke Wilson. So I'm not uh, entirely sure I'd have super high fantasy expectations for a guy like
2: that. Yeah, and the tight end uh, position's also been banged up with, you know, Gronkowski, like you mentioned, but also Tyler for dealing with a neck injury. Mm-hmm. I mean... If you're, you know, searching around, like these guys are decent guys. And what do you think of you know, Vance McDonald actually going forward?
1: Well, after going, after scoring in back-to-back weeks, he only caught two passes on three targets for 18 yards against the Bears. So uh, maybe trending downward a little bit. But and he's also going to have to go through concussion protocol. That's a good point. So, so uh, I mean, just overall, uh, he's very questionable. If you can go ahead, obviously. Chandler, even Wilson, I'd probably pick up before him.
2: Oh, yeah, for sure. So, I mean, if you're really desperate, maybe Blake Bell, who's the next on the – depth chart for Man, the if you're uh, a, 49ers if you're at that level of desperation I'd almost <laughs> look at a guy like Cameron Brait before Blake Bell oh, yeah.
1: I, I think so
2: but they they had very similar lines just because Brate didn't really benefit much with uh, Safarian Jenkins back in action exactly
1: and that's Man. the transition I was hoping for here because Austin Safarian Jenkins he will be back in action he did make his return to the field after about a 10-week absence this week now he's not tearing it up from a fantasy perspective just yet I mean uh they're starting to get closer and closer to full strength here. I don't have his exact snap count yet, but got six targets, which is encouraging. Uh, yeah. His most since week one when he had seven and turned that into five for 110 and two touchdowns. Only hauled in three for 31 yards. But, oh boy, the Buccaneers host the New Orleans Saints this week. And you've got a, uh, a less than stellar pass defense there, to say the least. I believe they're giving up the yeah. most fantasy points to quarterbacks and... The and tight ends. And tight ends. The most fantasy points to tight ends and, you know, the 10th most fantasy points to wide receivers. So maybe there's a cornerback or two out there that's doing their job. Rest of the defense, not so much. So Sweet. loving this matchup here for Safarian Jenkins. Do you think he really
2: breaks out? Yeah, I mean, the Saints are by far the worst against uh, tight ends, giving up the most receptions, the most yards, and the second most touchdowns to tight ends mm-hmm. this season. So... I mean, if Severian Jenkins is the one getting the snaps, we're not really sure of the snap count yet, but that will come in at some point Tuesday evening or Wednesday morning. Mm-hmm. Well, um, just the just the fact that he's you know working back in the offense makes me very confident that he'll actually you know make an impact here in the fantasy playoffs.
1: Yes, I'm right there with you. Uh, and also encouraging is the red zone targets he received multiple during the first two weeks of the season. Yep. And I think Jameis Winston goes back to them, realizes he's a sure handed red zone option. I threw out fifteen twenty bucks on him. I think I threw out thirty dollars in Fab money after week one, thinking I was getting the tight end of the year and the pickup of the year. But of course he went down due to injury. And I missed the playoffs. So, you know, probably enough (laughs) of me me venting about some personal leagues that, Now know, the playoffs are all said and done. It's been time to reflect here. But I'd go back out and get Safarian Jenkins if he's left on the waiver wire. Owned in just 37% of Yahoo and 15% of ESPN leagues. So there's big time availability. I think he's even a top 10 tight end this week based purely on matchup. And I, I wouldn't, I mean, I'd look at your other options, of course, but I could see starting him in the playoffs
2: and. He could be part of your Tampa Bay Buccaneers stack on DraftKings this week. Yeah, he's uh, projected for six standard league points in this one league that I'm in. So that's just kind of the uh, idea of what you can get, maybe 60 yards receiving or so. Hmm. And that's probably the floor, actually, of facing yeah. the Saints defense. Yeah,
1: double that. He scores a touchdown, and he doubles that up. So you got to love the potential there here. Uh, looking at the list of matchups for Week 14, uh, not a whole lot of games being played indoors, just uh, three dome kickers that I found that are likely to be available. Of course, I'm going to throw out Gaskowski from that mix because he should be owned everywhere. But Matt Prater heading to St. Louis. Of course, Greg Zerline of St. Louis hosting Detroit and Nick Novak of the Houston Texans that will be hosting the New England Patriots, as I mentioned earlier. So, yeah. Well, you,
2: go ahead. Among this trio, Zerline is still dealing with the groin injury. Mm-hmm. His replacement, uh, Zach Hawker, is also dealing with the injury this week. So we're not really sure the the situation in St. Louis, uh, who's actually going to be the kicker. If Zerline is actually healthy this week, he'll be out exactly. there. But uh, that's just something to keep in mind among this trio.
1: Yeah, long story short, don't pick up a Rams kicker. Instead, go ahead and get Matt Prater for this week. He's only owned 29% of Yahoo formats. He's uh you know, been essentially a top 200 player in terms of points. He's got four field goals of over 50 yards this year. Um, you know, 24 extra points the Lions turn around. He seems to be benefiting from that, getting more opportunities. Yep. I, I mean, I've seen Prater as a minimum price kicker in daily formats if he continues that way, I'll use him.
2: Yeah, so he he's also only owned in a 22% of ESPN leagues. So the fact that he's got double-digit standard points at least in the last three weeks, uh, you, you should keep it up and mm-hmm. just the ownership rate. I mean, yep. if you're like him.
1: me and you love streaming kickers, I, I would go after him because not yeah. only this week, uh, uh, so you know he's going to be in a dome this week. He's going to St. Louis, or I'm sorry, to St. Louis this week, to New Orleans, another dome next week, uh, hosting San Francisco, another dome. And then Week 17 goes to Chicago, but your season's probably done by then anyway unless you have a Week 17 playoffs. So three weeks in a row in a dome, um, big-time accuracy, big-time leg here. Uh, Matt Prater would be my pickup of the week. Did you have anybody else you wanted to throw into the kicker discussion? Yeah,
2: Yeah, so I still want to talk about uh, Chandler Cadenzaro, and that's because he's a consensus top-five kicker. Right now, he's actually ranked number three in uh, total points scored in the entire NFL right now, and he's only owned in 58% of ESPN leagues at the moment. He's had uh, multiple field goals, I believe, now in seven straight games, made field goals. and he's also He also leads the league in PATs made, or PATs rather attempted. So, I mean, he's just out up the points every single week. He's... His floor and standard is six points on the season, and he's mm-hmm. at at least nine in five straight games.
1: Yeah, so I I would agree. I mean, if he's out there, he's your top guy. There's no question about that production to date and rest of I mean, the season production. It,
2: it's back. it's been backed up at least in daily formats. I mean, you have to pay, like, almost the maximum price for a kicker mm-hmm. when it comes to uh, DraftKings right now. But you know, just the availability and, you know, ESPN and Yahoo right now, you got to get a, get out mm-hmm. there and get him if you're, you know – trotting out, I don't know, uh, Justin Tucker on a weekly basis. Yeah, I mean, I, I he's like just right, Tucker, but, but he's
1: had a, a little bit of a rough going he, lately. He,
2: he was just available in our 16-team league. I picked him up, and you know, he had an okay outing, but it wasn't yeah, nothing anything spectacular, spectacular there. All right, well, uh, so th- those are a couple kicker
1: suggestions. I do have a couple more defense suggestions that I wanted to write down here. You've got the Detroit Lions defense against Case Keenum and the Rams here. It looks like Keenum's going to be the starter there. Uh, I mean – Rams just fired their offensive coordinator, so you got to imagine there's a reason for that. The Lions played pretty well defensively against Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. I mean, you take away that Hail Mary, and, and they didn't really right. give up a whole lot there. So, uh, I mean, the Hail Mary, even as a Packer fan, I'll admit that that's quite a bit of luck involved there, especially with the penalty and stuff beforehand. Not saying I won't take it there, but if you kind of want to look at a game as to what it truly was, the Lions only gave up 20 points in this game to one of the best Well, what was once one of the best offenses in the national football yeah. league the rest of the season we'll kind of debate the rest of
2: that but i mean t- when it comes to detroit takeaways have been few and far between for them they've only had four takeaways in the last eight games but they've also only allowed uh they've allowed less than 20 points in three of the last four of course they gave up 27 to the packers because of that you know game winning score but mm-hmm. they've been keeping offenses in check pretty nicely and you know mm-hmm. actually putting pressure on the quarterback specifically ziggy ansa
1: Yeah, right right on uh, with that uh, assessment there. So Detroit's a streaming defense candidate. What about the San Francisco 49ers who are playing Johnny Manziel and the just pathetic and also injured Browns who uh, just checked it out. They're giving up the most fantasy points to opposing defenses this season. And the San Francisco 49ers only owned in 22% of Yahoo leagues. So actually owned in more leagues than uh, the Detroit Lions defense there. Uh, I mean, I guess if you had a pick between the two of them, do you have a favorite, or would you just kind of uh, prefer to, you know, look elsewhere for a defense?
2: I I guess I like the fact that Detroit's putting consistent pressure on quarterbacks, and Case Keenum's going to be under center, so – uh I don't know maybe the fact that he'll get panicked a decent amount he might actually you know commit turnovers
1: yeah that seems
2: to be uh the case for sure so I think both
1: of those are pretty solid uh matchups of course we would have to highlight the team that's playing the Ravens because Matt Schaub will attempt to make it three straight games with the pick six this week uh of course uh Stellar matchup for opposing defense however that team is the seattle seahawks who should be owned in 100 of leagues so we can kind of skip that over there yeah exactly Uh, unfortunately they're unlikely to be available in your format well thank you for listening to the rotowire fantasy football podcast brought to you by draftkings.com the leader in daily fantasy sports use the promo code rotowire when you make your deposit for a free contest entry today also, uh, don't forget, like we mentioned earlier, earlier in the show, rotowire.com slash DraftKings if you want to sign up for our uh, Week 14 qualifier to get you into that Week 17 championship. One last plug there. You can also check out rotowire.com. That's our website for free for 10 days by going to rotowire.com slash pod. That is rotowire.com slash P-O-D. Once again, I am Jake Litarski. On Twitter at JakeSki52. Yeah,
2: and over here at Sarah Katuri. And you can find me on Twitter at ETCat30.
1: All uh, right, the RotoWire Fantasy Football Podcast will return Wednesday with Joe and Mike.